Yes, I'm ready to dig into our sports topics. Yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in to the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. And yeah. I'm CJ Hawk, and Benny, the Bull, is ready to go. Yes, your DJ is ready to roll. So I think the first topic that we both decided to talk about was the Bull, Chicago Bulls versus Orlando Magic game on Monday, December 23rd. So, yes. A couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Kicked off the week. And uh, we, we both saw footage of it. Yes, I saw most of the first half. Yeah, I, I dived into that. I didn't get a chance to see it fully, although I checked out the highlights, and that was good enough. Because I was also flipping, watching the Flyers-Rangers hockey game, so I was flipping between uh, the two. So. Uh, I see. And the Bulls... Spoiler alert, did not win the game. Yeah, they couldn't <laughs> do it like the last one. <laughs> and that's been the story of the Bulls this whole year. They are very good at in spurts. There's times when the Bulls look like they could compete for a almost playoff spot, playoff yeah. spot. But then most of the games, they either they have like two recurring themes. They either start really slow. Or they start really fast and then they fade away by the end of the game. Yes, definitely. And being there live in, in the audience at the UC is frustrating. I've, I've been there uh, so far for, well, for one game. I was there last season um, for many games. So uh, it was frustrating to see that uh, here and there. Like, for the most part, they did win when I was there. And then, like, I have this superstition that when I'm not there, then they're likely to lose. So, yeah, they're, they're one of those teams that um, kind of struggle with being a very consistent team in the NBA. Yes, I agree. And let's see. Who do you think played really well on Monday and then who not good? Well, I did see that that Chris Dunn, he was there when it was very necessary. He was very good when, uh, you know, right there when they wanted to fire off uh, for some goals. Well, right. And uh, also, Markinen continues to uh, be, be better uh, than we've recently seen him. Um, and also, Sadoransky, he is one of the most consistent uh, that uh, in recent memory um, on the Bulls, too. So, yeah, he's he's becoming uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Thaddeus Young also also uh, was more present, you know, uh, in terms of helping with the team. Uh, and also give some credit to the assist by Denzel Valentine. And Archie Diakono as well. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like a lot of games recently, mainly uh, Zach Hovind and Tomas Saransky have to basically do it all. Because yeah. for some reason, Wendell and Lloyd Markin are both struggling. Yeah. I don't really know yeah. Car- why. Yeah, Carter Jr. just returned, so he yeah. is being built, building himself back up to... Uh, I just don't know... What the problem is with Laurie Marketing? Yeah, because he had a great first two years. This year, he's struggled. Yeah, he hasn't for some reason had any major injuries. You know, one this year, so. one thing I think that might is a mistake is that um, Coach Boylan has seemed to fall prey to the 
free point shooting like barrage that most teams want to do. Like he's trying to use Laurie as like a um, James Harden, but yeah. obviously that's not his style of play. He does not shooting forty frees a game, which James Harden probably shoots forty frees a game. Yeah, yeah, he's not <laughs> at that level. You no, know? like he's he's still young because yeah. he's a big guy. He should try to get him in the paint or at least get yep. some jump shots. Yep, exactly, and he's he he. That's where he um, his best at, and and we we still see that. Although um, it's not enough to get the Bulls to win uh, every game, so because um, the like the box score it doesn't tell the whole story. But when Laurie only has three rebounds, that's a problem. Yeah, because he's he's so tall. But when you only have three rebounds, kind of plays to the fact that he's not in the paint very often. Mm-hmm. Or an opportunity to get a rebound. A lot of times he's on the free point line, yes, and it's yes. difficult to get a, a rebound way out there. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, that's a little bit of an embarrassment when Wendell Carter is the one for this game with the most rebounds, uh, well, seeing that he is uh, a shorter. Well, I think player. he's. Wendell's the best rebounder on the team. Oh, definitely. That's he's he's the most versatile. Um, he, he does a little bit of everything. Although, yeah, he's been known to be proof positive the uh, best rebounder, uh, one of the best in the league, and the best on the Bulls. And yeah, what are your thoughts on Thaddeus Young? Did you see uh, much in him? And I like Thaddeus Young, but the one. Thing that I think is going to be a telling tale is when we get closer to the trade deadline. Will Thaddeus Young still be a Chicago Bull? Because uh. he's great at his role. His role is like a veteran. He's been in the league for years, ten years yeah. maybe. Yeah, he's been in the league for years. a long time, and he's great with mentoring young players. Yeah. But one reason Fad Young was brought in, a lot of they tried to say was that. Well, this team's going to compete for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This team's going to the playoffs, probably eight, seven seed. So Fatty Shun's going to be a great piece, but this team has is basically stuck in the same level of performance the past Bulls teams have been in. So, I, will they keep Fat Young or trade him for some yeah, yeah. pieces? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Because it depends on what kind of what do they want? Do they want like a superstar to be traded for? Or they want yeah. this in our you know what? young I, guy. I, don't I know. believe we we really need we need one. You know, we had we had two or three like uh, right. not too long ago. So I believe we need at least one to come in because that's what we're really missing here. And uh, yeah, just to lead us. I mean, having again having Otto Porter out. You know, he's, yeah, he's been out for a while. He's 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 a star, although he's not like a you know a mega star as, no, as he, many others. He's not a, like a LeBron level. Although, <laughs> no. yeah, that right there, like you know, if we have one more, you know, star, uh, you know, it's, it's probably like a peg above uh, Otto Porter. Then uh, that will definitely uh, get us to playoff contention. <laughs> uh, Kobe White. Yeah, I like Kobe White. Uh, I feel like he's disappeared. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of times... Because I feel like in the beginning of the year, Tomas Saransky, 
I forget he was even on the court. I'm like, where'd he go? <laughs> yeah. But now it's the opposite. Now Thomas Tyranski's involved with all the plays. Yeah. He's doing it all. Mm-hmm. And then Kobe White's like, Psh, he's gone. Yeah, he vanishes. He, like, he's had some games this year where he balled out like 30 points. Yeah, he, yeah. Wow, he looked good. Some sick dunks. Great some passing. Great assists. Three. And then there's two. some other games where he's just invisible. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a rookie, so you can't expect him to be yeah. balling out already. Yeah, even though he has a uh, big afro, you know, that's, uh, he, he's still, you know, invisible uh, at times. So. Do you think that um, Kobe White's afro or Nerland's Noel's, like, high top fade, is which one's cooler, you think? Kobe White. Yeah, I think Kobe White's um, yeah. is cooler because, I mean, he's on the Bulls, so automatically we already... Yeah, we're we're partial <laughs> to that. So, yeah, as we said that we're uh, focusing on um, Chicago sports. Although that doesn't mean that we will not get no. into national and international uh, sports, the ones that we keep up with. Yeah, but I think um, Noel might have yeah. cut that fade. It looks a little different. Yeah, yeah, he looks, looks different, different now. Time, yeah. He's like a um, map. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure what, what that's mop called. Bucket. A mop bucket. I don't know what that's called. I'm not sure. Ben might know. And yeah, some some uh, vernacular, some uh, hip hop, uh, you know, type of culture. You know, like all those outlandish mm. haircuts. You know, oh, yeah. some cool, some just very yeah, outrageous. You know. Well, what did you think of the Orlando nah. Magic? Well, before that, uh, oh. <laughs> it's, it will never be as outrageous as seeing Cardi B recently without any makeup. Looks totally different. Oh, yeah. I, I bet she looks... Yeah, you know look. what? She With like, how she's done, like, you know, when they see her perform, she looks like totally... Um, she looks like she's... Her, like, the Afro side, you know, like, the African-American, although, I mean, the more Dominican side. And then, like, obviously, Dominican is of a Hispanic origin. So, um, although I felt like her skin changed, like, it looked lighter, so she looked more, like, Latino <laughs> in that recent photo. <laughs> so that's just my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the Bulls side of things. Uh, and we'll cover for the magic. magic. Yeah, DJ Augustine, a former Bull that we faced off with on Monday, and uh, Marco Fultz. He's been getting better because he is a he was a former number one pick of the Philadelphia 76ers and he's labeled a big bust, but he's been better with with them. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, Mohammed Bamba, who inspired yeah. the the Sheck West song, uh, Mo Bamba. Uh, they're they're actually friends. <laughs> At least uh, he's a huge inspiration to him in the way that he raps. But uh, the Magic actually don't have a bad roster. Th- yeah. Their record sucks, but they they actually don't have a bad roster. Yeah, yeah. Because um, fun fact: Aaron Gordon, who's probably their best player on the Magic, he went to uh. Bellarmine High School in San Jose, California, and that's where I'm from, San Jose. So I knew a lot about Aaron Gordon coming out, yeah. and some of my friends got to see him play. You did your your homework on him you know, mm-hmm. before you he's the, went on song. He's the local local guy. Hero, yeah. Local. Uh, how about yeah? I mean, who put the most points? It's Terrence Ross. 
Mm-hmm. Former Toronto Raptor. Raptor. Now, I'm not too familiar with him, although uh, he, he he was he was not a recent trade though. Right? No, I believe he went to um I believe he went to University of Washington and he's been in the league for like since like twenty thirteen. Yeah, wow. Uh, so speaking of been in the league, so he probably was playing with uh, Vince Carter. Uh, Not that there, old. No? no, he played. I mean, I mean, uh, Vince Carter was on the Raptors for a while. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So no, he played with um, till twenty seventeen. Like Demar, he was on the Demar Drosian and mm. Kyle Lowry. Mm. I think he went to the Magic Eater last year or this year. I don't remember. It was recent. And then, well, he wasn't. Was he on? The, he wasn't on the. 2018 team. I'm not sure if Terrence Ross was on the championship team. I don't believe so. I don't remember. And then we also want to touch on one last Orlando Magic player. And Ben and I, in our defense, have not watched many Orlando Magic games. Yes, don't but blame us. <laughs> I've always liked um, Nikola, Nikolai Vukovic. Nikola. Yeah, Nikola Vukovic. Vukovic. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Great rebounder, good assist player. He's second most uh, points. I guess I would game. call him like a almost superstar, like yeah, not he's superstar, the, he's but he's in like an elite tier. Yeah, so you get a. He's from uh, Montenegro. Yeah, Montenegro. Montenegro. Yeah, he's a oh, good, good player. From uh, also from Southern California. Back in uh, drafted in twenty eleven in oh, the yeah. NBA by USC, the yeah. Sixers, Philadelphia seventy sixers. I don't think he played for them. I'm pretty sure he immediately went to the Magic. Yeah. Oh, it says that his the spouse here is like very similar name, <laughs> Nicoletta. <laughs> well, that's our coverage of the Orlando Magic. Magic. Yeah. Uh, in other Bulls news, we have we have to go over uh, Chris Dunn how he's been holding up this season and uh how he's been improving there's a dot com story of by the league that uh is titled chris dunn continues to grind and prosper after an up and down start to his career dunn is making his case as one of the league's premier defenders by sam smith posted on december 27th 2019 not the sinner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> not not the guy that's been annoying me on the radio but his recent singles <laughs> yeah no, nothing will beat uh the song with disclosure you know that that era <laughs> um i like sam smith but yeah he's a good artist though, although you know he doesn't need to be i mean some sad boy like music too like that's uh not really my what am i well, uh, him at least one um, of my family friends Miss Pat, she got to see uh, Sam Smith. I think it was Miss Pat. I don't know. No, it wasn't. It was someone else, another family friend. She got to see Sam Smith for concert and liked him a lot. That was probably on like the Jingle Ball too, right? Uh, no, ago. I think it was just like tour. legit one, like oh, legit Sam Smith. Oh, it was tour. I don't yeah. know his tour names, but yeah, I haven't heard heard of him really tour recently. So yeah, this article also uh, continues on. Where Chris Dunn knows intimately about being lost and forgotten and battling back to respectability and success that he's doing so this season with the Bulls. The NBA leader in most steals is one of the best feel-good stories in the NBA this season. 
that so many don't notice has been both Dunn's narrative and motivation. The previous years, I thought I played solid. I felt injuries got I don't in know. the way of things. Other things outside of that, the main thing is staying healthy. I feel I've always been a good defender, but I feel it's being showcased more this year. I just try to do what I do. My journey said... Has my journey has been up and down, and since I've been in the NBA, said the fourth year guard. Most people, when they are in a top, are a top five draft pick. They come in and they usually get the keys. I had to sit back and wait my turn, and then with the Bulls, I kind of showcased a little of what I could do. But then things changed. I stayed with it, and I stayed true to myself. I kept working kept grinding and didn't let anyone paint the narrative for me. I didn't listen to the outside noise and it was there that says a lot about me. It's going to teach me even when I'm older and I can teach that to my son and carry that with me. What I can do is to be positive, keep working hard, keep my head down. I feel like I did the right thing and I think my guys now are seeing a little of who I am and what I am going to become. No one honestly saw this coming done Reclaiming his starting job and not so coincidentally, the Bulls in their best stretch of the season since then, 6-6 in December, and with finally an identity of an aggressive defensive ball-hawking team led in scoring by Zach Levine, when pressures by Chris Dunn. Zach Levine says that Chris Dunn is a mentally tough dude. He's gone through so much in his life. If you guys, you media guys know his life, there's... Not going to be a lot to bring him down. People's criticism is going to mess with him. He's been through bigger stuff in his life and had to deal with it and came through it all. He's strong-minded. And, uh, yeah, the article goes on to mention... Yeah, we don't need to say the whole article. That's excessive. Uh, although, um, yeah, there's there's more on uh, done. You know, getting it to know. What's well, a good... His mind. Good taste of uh, Chris Dunn's background. Uh, yeah, and uh, another fact in this article, uh, like Jimmy Buckets Butler, uh, Dunn was a football player first who didn't mu- didn't much follow basketball. So very interesting. Yeah, well, and his father was also a linebacker. Too, that's interesting so, yeah. about Chris Dunn. Yeah, so he's can... constantly improving. Let's see. Uh, let's get into another topic. Yeah, uh, on Auto Porter, you want to, and then we'll we'll go over some uh, Yahoo Sports fans <laughs> comments. Let's respond to. Some I of also those. have some mm-hmm. uh, email questions that I asked out. So we got some email awesome. bag questions. So like, yes, people texted me these questions. Yeah, you want to transition to that one? Uh, yeah, we can try that. One I got from Sally S was about, um, okay, so it was about, about um, how does the Otto Porter Jr. injury impact the Bulls' rest of the season? Otto Porter, right? Yeah, Otto Porter Jr. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely had a huge impact. Um, and... Yeah, they they've been struggling uh, out of the gate. Uh, I, I believe the the second that he got injured, like he they, he got evaluated, like 
that that's been hurting them. Um, I mean, that does give room for uh, the rest of the town to to step up. Although mm-hmm. um, with that, like you know, you're missing one key player that you know puts up you know the the points, and um, it, it will just only help um, more if he was there. Uh, yeah, he's he's a very smooth. He's one of the best uh, shooters in the entire league. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's 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 like around our age though, so like that's that's saying something right there. Uh, well, good response to the question. <laughs> yeah, 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 no yeah. And uh, yeah, next topic. Uh, still with Otto, uh, Bulls rumors. Otto Porter Jr. targeting foot injury return near All Star break. This was also published on the twenty seventh. By Bleacher Report, Chicago Bulls small, small forward Otto Porter Jr. is reportedly hoping to return from a left foot fracture sometime around the All-Star break in February, per Shams Sharania of The Athletic. So that's that's a really good sign. Like He'll be back in uh, just under two months. Uh, that's, that's my birth month, too. <laughs> um, and yeah, it'll be nice because that's the time of the All-Stars, the, All- the NBA All-Star game. We'll be here in Chicago at the United Center that weekend, so uh, it's it's awesome for us. Uh, not everyone will be there unless you know you win uh, some pra- some uh, you you win some passes to go. Although um, it'll be nice to uh, watch it on TV and being in a historic building like the UC uh, where the, where the Bulls play. So. Um, yeah, so the injury was a left foot fracture. I was thinking like it was um, in that in that area. So Porter has been limited to just nine games a season and has not played since November 6th because of the injury. This is Porter's first full campaign as a member of the Bulls after they acquired him from the West Washington Wizards in a trade last season. In limited action this season, Porter is averaging 11.2 points, 3.4 rebounds, and 1.6 assists per game while shooting 41.7% from the field and 40% from three. Those are significant downgrades from what he accomplished in 15 games with Chicago following the trade from Washington last season. Over those 15 contests, Porter averaged 17.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 2.7 assists, and shot 48.3% from the floor and 48.8% from the beyond the arc. Porter originally went third overall in 2013, NBA draft to Washington, and he improved steadily in each of the first five NBA seasons, which included a 2017-18 through 18 season that saw him average a career-high set 14.7 points and 6.4 boards. Given his upward trend and the fact that he is still just 26 years old, the Bulls were hopeful that he could be a significant part of their young, talented core when they traded for him. Although Porter has shown flashes, he has appeared in just 24 games for Chicago thus far. Getting him back soon is important from the Bulls' perspective since Porter could decline a player option in his contract and become a free agent at the end of the season, at which point the Bulls would have to decide whether they want to sign him to a long-term deal. During Porter's absence, the Bulls have oftentimes been forced to go small with guards Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Kobe White, and Thomas Sadaransky, all playing north of 23 minutes per game. The 12-20 Bulls record could benefit greatly from Porter's length and versatility. 
and he could help them make a realistic run toward the playoffs as they are currently just two games out of the eighth and final playoff spot in the oh, Eastern really? Conference. Very exceptional article from Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. They do really good articles. Yes, they do. Written by Mike Chari. Mm-hmm. Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, we're yeah. getting towards a good transitioning point to a yeah. So thanks. Yeah, and then, yeah, to but the well, we're going to also uh, respond to some uh, fan comments on Yahoo Sports in a little bit. Yeah, we're going to respond to some fan comments after the quick break. And we are back here on the second half of the Bull and Hawk sports podcast here on Spotify and Anchor. Yes. And we just finished talking about the Chicago Bulls. Now yeah. we're going to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. And there's been some interesting developments right now with the Blackhawks. I want to talk about two big injuries that have happened recently. And the first one is Brent Seabrook. He's been on the Blackhawks for many years. He's a 13-year veteran, and he's been – he was a big signing a number of years ago, a big contract. He's still on the big contract, but now he's 34 years old, and he has been dealing with some injury problems, and he's also been a healthy scratch. So he's been able to play, but they, they doesn't play. And he's got hurt, and he's getting surgery, so he's going to miss – the rest of the whole year. Uh-oh. So he's the season's gonna miss the season. And most likely he's gonna miss the second half or the first half of next year. Oh, so he's gonna wow. be out a while. Wow. This is a big blow to, yeah. uh, to them. And secondary he's very good um leadership qualities. Brentia Brooks a good leader of the team when given an opportunity to play. Yeah. But definitely always hear positive things. There like is a possibility that he might not never ever play again at the oh, Blackhawks. My. Wow. Due to injuries and also other reasons, but it's not really a chance they might not be able to trade him because I think he has the no no full uh, full trade clause. Wow. So that means that he can reject or he, where people want to trade him to. I see. I mean, I guess the reason why is because he's also on the Canadian national team. And you know it's you know it's serious when the Tribune reports. Um, uh, an injury like that, so yeah, he's uh, a good player. That's my two cents. And also another defenseman, because that's the Blackhawks' biggest weakness, their defense. But another defenseman, right. Calvin DeHaan, he is going to miss probably the rest of the year too. Oh, man. He has to get surgery too, and with missing both of them, it's going to cause some problems with their depth, which is already lackluster. And also, Brown and Saad on offense has to miss, is going to be out a while, too. So, they're missing a number of pieces. And the Blackhawks have had to promote players such as Janice Gilbert, who's doing a good job, and some other young rookies to come up, take spots, because there's a lot of injuries on the Blackhawks. But that's no excuse, because injuries happen in sports, and you can't really make an excuse saying, it was the injuries! That's why we stunk! Only the injuries. You have to make 
get over it basically and keep on trying. But the Blackhawks season's probably over by this point because I don't think they're going to the playoffs. But uh, now you're saying without without Seabrook? Oh uh, no, just... no, it's in general. Yeah, not just him because he uh, he's a old. I mean, not old, but like he has a, he's one of their veteran veterans. Players, yeah, that's yeah. a good place. Yeah. But he wasn't playing that much anyway. Yeah. So so they they were concerned about him. He's more of like there. a injury kind of problem, like yeah, in the locker room. Oh. Like his presence, locker room is gone. Oh. And also, I want to talk about a article that came out from NBC Sports, and as Ben knows, DJ Ben, the bull knows, lots of. Sports publications are releasing like their all decade teams mm-hmm. or like best 10 players from the Chicago Cubs of this year or like the decade. The decade. And mm-hmm. NBC Sports, like the national one, did their one of mm-hmm. the best players from best NHL players of the decade. And it was complete trash. A lot of controversy because um, Blackhawks were on it. Because Patrick Kane, he's one of the best players of the decade. Easily, he leads the league in points from 2010 to 2018. Free right. uh, time Stanley Cup winner. He's won Olympic medal, gold medal. He's been to many All Star games. He's won MVP. He's won a number of trophies. Easily one of the best players of the decade. But they decided to put him at number. 15 which is oh that is some ridiculous that's bs pun intended that's bs and um they one reason they used for putting him at 15 was because the offer was like he had some off the ice issues that have put making me chosen him to put at 15 which is garbage yeah because uh he's claimed it was about performance the best players of the decade it didn't say anything about who's the most moral man that's (laughs) exactly just crap how SI, you know, chooses the yeah. pers- the sports personality. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of times it has to do with, um, like, community. Done, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with performance. Yeah. Well, it, it does. I, I say it's, a, it's about half and half, you know, for that. So I, yeah. I give him that, although, come on. No, this one was all, all not performance because he was, like, his off-the-field ice issues. But it's garbage anyway because the one he referenced was a number of years ago when some woman and her mom said that he, like, he did something bad. It turns out it was fake. Like, they had orchestrated the whole so, thing. So, he didn't even get charged at all. So, that's ridiculous. Wow. Just like a... It's like a, a faked one. Like, to get money. Just like a, from Empire. Uh, what's his name? Ridiculous. Yeah. And they also had a number of Blackhawks way down. Like, Doki Keep was way down there. Another, ridiculous. Another, there's a fellow, his Olympic teammate. And they also had some players on the list that made sense. Like, number one was, like, Sidney Crosby, Alaskovechkin, which makes perfect sense. But they had some that didn't make any sense. Because in the article, it claimed that it was looking at all 10 years, like, who had the most impact from the 10 years. But they had Connor McDavid, who's a great player, but he's really not that old. He's only been playing for, like, four years. So they said he's had, like, the fifth best impact. But I don't think so. I don't know. I didn't really agree with the article. I thought it was fake news i felt like he was trying to um be like a clickbait article where someone could see would see that patrick kane didn't make the top 10 so then they would rage quit or flip Uh, out like 
what the heck is this? They flip some out. Tra- traffic to NBC Sports. Yeah, they wanted people to click on the article <laughs> and then start screaming, yelling. Yeah. Which I was tempted to do, but I don't need to scream. Wow. I would trust you after the sports more than that, then. <laughs> yeah. Because I was listening to the Blackhawks Talk yeah. podcast, which I like to listen yeah. to, and they were said it was BS. Yeah. Which it's BS, so. Well, CBS Sports, I would trust more than that. Yeah. You know, we have. I mean, they, they report on uh, all different sports, even combat sports. Because usually uh, NBC Sports does a really good job, but I think that, that one just doesn't like the Blackhawks. I yeah. think he only likes, like, a New different York. team. <laughs> New York, probably, yeah. That's probably, like, the headquarters of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, let's see. Who is your favorite Chicago Blackhawks player? Uh, for me, I don't get to watch much of the... Um, so I would say Jonathan Taves. Mines, Patrick Kane. Yeah, he's up there too. Probably would be my next choice. Oh yeah, CJ's pet has arrived. <laughs> and <Behind the> door. <laughs> that was some of the Blackhawks talk. We talked about injuries. Talked about the All-Decade list. Mm-hmm. And now Ben. Or DJ Benville wants to talk about um, some, some our new topic. Well, yeah, let's let's dive into some uh, some Bulls topics, uh, some uh, fan reactions from Yahoo Sports. So I'll read the ones that are, and we'll give our two cents, um, our feedback on uh, the ones that are from this week. So um, yeah, a week ago. Joe said, this is fixed BS, that the Bulls are Eve in this game. If they win, Vegas will make a billion. Uh, I'm not sure of the context on that one. Yeah, I'm lost. Because <laughs> uh, Vegas doesn't have a team. Um, next one is by Zach. And he says, Valentine deserves more playing time. The man knows how to win games. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that one. Uh, I think he deserves more than like five minutes of action, like he did on Monday. But I feel like the problem, the big problem, is that there's too many players on the Bulls that play like the same positions, yeah. and he's just one. Because most NBA teams, they're like the really good ones, have like the core seven guys who play a lot of minutes. And then have like some bench players that come in occasionally. But the Bulls don't really have like the core guys they want. They want the whole entire bench to play too, which is good. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to struggle to get minutes, you're not gonna get a lot of minutes sometimes, obviously. It's like Denzel Valentine not getting very minutes. And yeah. Could it be that they're saving him, you know, like they're well, preserving him because uh they he want to is, trade him? he's he's been they're they're afraid that he will get injured again or I guess, but I, there's not really any reason to not play him. Yeah. Because if they wanted to trade him, they'd play him, not bench yeah. him. Yeah, definitely. All right. I feel like they should trade Luke Hornet because he's not doing anything. Non-factor. He's yeah, he's not a factor because they can trade him. <laughs> I so <haven't> seen him. <laughs> they can they can trade him. So Felicio has more minutes. Yes, <laughs> our boy. We have to name name drop him because he has to get at least one minute. Yep. Because usually he gets zero here. <laughs> On Anchor and on Spotify and on the Bulls. Yeah. Give him his minutes. 
He's been come on boiling. What well, he's, he's hurt though. He's hurt though, so he's not <laughs> yeah. playing right now. But yeah, yeah, we get he needs at least a minute. Yeah, man. So it can become a true all star. No, not one minute. <laughs> you have to have like ten points in a minute or something, like yeah, a Trace yeah. McGrady kind he's of. He's getting thing. there though, little by little. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. So Jason says load management. Leonard not playing tonight. No win. Um, that they're talking like the Spurs won't won't win because of that. I'm lost. Even then, you know. <laughs> It's, it'll be tough. Uh, oh, you're talking. Uh, oh, yeah, the game with the with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I believe they did win that one. You know, with that yeah, they, they beat the Clippers. Yeah, so that right there. So, Jason, it's on to something. Uh, this one is by N. Darish 14 He says, Bulls by far biggest joke of the NBA. God awful. Uh, I'll disagree That's with garbage. That. Disagree with that, although they're not the worst. Not they're not the worst. Come on, there's worse. There, this one's by Wiz. The bums only play three quarters. Carpex and Boylan's well, should be fired today. Horrible. I uh, we, <laughs> we we collectively agree that uh, Boylan should shall be. Uh, yeah, off. I think Boylan should be packed up in a a car and drove away, but <laughs> backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, the question I would have is who they're going to get to replace him. Yeah, like he's some. Where are they going to get like Mark Jackson? Converse up Would that be a good ad? I don't know. Yeah. I like Mark. I mean, Mark Jackson had his moments with the Warriors. Yeah, is he? Because he, he didn't it's get enough time. I don't think. But yeah, he he he'd be. Like he'll be better I feel like he'd be better fit for, than Boylan. Yeah, because Boylan, if he's lost. Yeah, he. Definitely. I, I mean, I've heard things from friends that uh, with the same opinion that Boylan should be uh, got fired, get, get rid of. Yeah. yeah. But they signed him with a new, new contract, so it kind of looks dumb. If not happening anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be fired anytime soon, no. See, if the players had some input, I'm sure like they can make it happen, although well, I sure. believe the players really get... But you don't want to do that, because that can cause friction. or Yeah, like uh, Butler leaving had something to do with uh the coach previously so yeah fred hoiberg yeah that was a huge uh huge blow well i would i would bring back hoiberg you know no. it, it, well he should have never been replaced though right so they would have been doing better and that's um next one is by jason load management for blake griffin tonight bulls might have a chance Oh yeah, that was the Pistons win. When the Pistons win, they beat them. Yeah, there you go. That's the yeah. only team the Bulls can beat because they've beaten the Pistons yeah. like three times this year. Yeah, and the and the pre- the game before that they they beat them too. So they need to play the Pistons uh, every day. On the eighteenth, yeah. Can they schedule that? <laughs> I wish. I hope that's possible. Well, the the <laughs> problem is that the Bulls only can be, seem to beat like. It's weird. Like one day they'll show up against a good team and beat them, and the next day they'll be like, "We can't beat the Charlotte Hornets. What's the problem? Yeah. Like that's a bad team." They go from beating the Clippers to you know losing to like the Hawks or losing to the Warriors, which uh, well the Bulls can't beat the Warriors. I, I don't even without with Curry out of action. I'm no, even if, even if a D League team they can't beat them. <laughs> I think it's just like stuck in their head. G League, yeah, yeah, G League. It's stuck in their head. I think. 
And then uh, Wentz, this uh, last comment, also by Wiz, sooner or later, Bulls are going to have to learn to play four quarters. Yeah, we talked about that earlier in the segment about a lot about how um, the Bulls show up for like the first quarter, first two quarters, and then they yeah. blow up. Or they don't show up and then end the game, they show up and it's already too late. Yeah. Because you can't show up for the last five minutes of the game and expect to win. I mean, it's possible, obviously, but. Yeah, definitely. Or is it? No, it's Speaking kidding. of the G Leagues, uh, just one more. By Rob K. Gafford showed that he can play in the Summer League. My guess is that he shows it in every practice. So why did it take the 13th, 13th game to give him any playing time? Will he be back at the far end of the bench while Boylan plays the mediocre <coughs> and worse? I sure hope not. But I don't trust anything with these sorry bulls. Oh. 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 Savage. Savage. Speaking of another one, um, I want to give this one in. Um, their default captain uh zach levine is killing this one's by green zach levine is killing the bulls by constantly cogging the ball and rarely passing what? the other four players stand around while levine takes some extraordinary difficult shot with two seconds left on the clock the offense looks great when kobe white is playing and zach is on the bench i don't agree with that uh, that's garbage with that no because like, he's the only one who's scoring the rest of the team can't score so how is that his fault yeah besides thaddeus and uh yeah but Kobe White, he's good too, but I don't know. I think that's just he's, he's overreaction. Savage. Yeah. And yeah, that does it for our comment section. Courtesy of Yahoo Sports. Yep. And we so we talked about in the second half of the podcast, talked about the Blackhawks and talked about the Bulls again. And now I want to talk about the Chicago White Sox. Let's go. And I'm not sure if we talked about it last time we were on the podcast because it was a while ago. Yeah. But the White Sox have made some big money-making moves. Ooh, they signed um, Dallas Kuchel, Josh Keuchel, who was a great pitcher for the Houston Astros. He won the Cy Young in 2015. Mm-hmm. He's won. He's been to a number of All-Star games. Good, really good in the postseason. Great guy to have on the team. He's now older. He's 32. And his fastball velocity is tailored off. And he's a good ground ball pitcher, sinker baller. He's going to get you out. Not miss a lot of bats, but he's going to get you out by defensively. So the uh, the White Sox have a good defense behind him. It's going to be good. They signed him to not really expensive deal, but it's worth it for the Bulls. Or not the Bulls. The White Sox to make a... Risky, not really risky, more of like a move. Because a lot of people think the White Sox might be able to make it to the playoffs, maybe. So making moves like this only helps them. And then a more recent one was yesterday. They signed um, Edwin Arcarcion, who is a great power hitter. He played for the Reds and the Blue Jays, Mariners, and Yankees. Now he's going to the White Sox. He's been in the league for more than 10 years. He's 37 years old, and he's hit, um, during the decade, I believe he's hit almost the most home runs in the league. I'm not sure, 
exactly how many he's hit, but he's hit at least 300 for sure. And he brings the kind of power the White Sox need, and he's also willing to play the DH role. He wants to be a DH, which is good, because the White Sox haven't had someone who really wants to be a DH or is it prototypically skilled to be DH. Mm-hmm. So Edwin can step into that role, that mold, and they can put him in. They would have his Eloy Jimenez would be hitting probably in front of him and Jose Abreu. So Edwin could hit bat maybe fourth or fifth. So good RBI opportunities for people behind him. And then one, he could drive people in in front of him. So Jose Brewery could drive in and uh, Elon Jimenez. And if the White Sox can play well later in the year, eventually um, Luis Robert, who's supposed to be really good, he should be coming up playing the White Sox. And also another guy, Nick Madrigal, who's going to play at second base. He's supposed to be really good too, a young player. He's going to probably start in the minor leagues this year, AAA, but later in the second half of the year, he'll probably be moved up. So then the White Sox could, in theory, uh, compete for the division. Because there's a possibility the White Sox could win the AL Central this year because the Cleveland Indians are willing to trade players away. And they're struggling with money right, right now. There's a problem. The owners seem to be not willing to spend, which is a little bit odd, but it is the Cleveland Indians, not the New York Yankees or Boston Red Sox, LA Dodgers, teams of endless amounts of money. And they've been willing to consider taking offers on Francisco Lindor, their star shortstop. Also looking, maybe Mike Clevenger, a really good pitcher, could be traded. And they've traded a number of ones already, like Corey Cooper left and... Trevor Bauer left last year. And then the Minnesota Twins, that's the other competition. They've lost CJ Crone, a power hitter, and then lost um, another guy who's a power hitter. So they lost those two. And the Twins pitching is so-so. They, they signed Michael Pineda back, who was good for them before he got busted for taking drugs. And then also they had Jose Brios, who's an ace, and some other guys who are okay, but they need to get better pitching and also need to get a little bit more bats, but the Twins probably the most competition to the White Sox. And then the Detroit Tigers are garbage and the Kansas City Royals are not good. They're both rebuilding, completely gut- getting the job. So in years, they'll be way better. So like five years maybe, who knows. And that's our White Sox news. We'll have to get my friend Julia on another time to talk about the White Sox again because, oh my goodness, there was rave reviews about our friend Julia calling in. Lots of the listeners said, fantastic segment. So it could be a permanent one. Including or, myself. Yes, DJ Benny Bull was blown away. Yeah, definitely. She's got that, that voice and also that really good insight uh, on the Sox. So. Definitely have her back soon. And I think we've covered all we wanted to cover for the first official episode of the Bullet Hawk mm-hmm. podcast on Spotify and Anchor. Yeah. Most likely we're going to produce it every Wednesday and Friday, mm-hmm. or at least one, one of them, one of them. And thanks for tuning in to the first episode. 
we appreciate your support. And do you have any final closing remarks? Yes, uh, just a little bit on what we said earlier uh, that we're going to start uh, talking music. And yes. how this is going to work is that Colin, that uh, CJ and, and myself um, are going to start uh, listening to a whole EP or LP, uh, an album together, and we're going to rank the songs top to bottom. Uh, most likely you're going to hear like the most popular songs from any any decade, uh, uh, any album, popular so- uh, album from any decade that uh, we uh, are a fan of. And we'll give it a listen through the whole way through and rank it and uh, have our fans pop possibly provide some feedback on uh, our opinions <laughs> on our taste on, on that so um, that's gonna be uh, starting very soon so and yeah thank you so much yeah. and see you next time see bye you next time <laughs>